0: listening to fanfare tracks. Rolling. Rolling.
1: Rolling. Don't use any oh. of this. Don't. Okay, tell me. carry 3. They love you. You know.
0: This is Princess Leia Organa. You're listening to Planet Leia.
1: Permission is granted to land on Planet Leia. Brought to you by Phanthatrex. Here are your hosts, Claire Henry and Johanna Nibielios.
2: Hello everybody. And we break up our normal programming for a rebel briefing. Uh, we have an interruption caused by no one other than Vivian Lyra Blair who everybody knows played Princess Leia in Obi-Wan, the Disney Plus show. Thanks ever so much, Vivian, for coming on Planet Leia. How are you today? I'm doing good. How about you? Yeah, I'm not too bad. I've just finished school. I'm a teacher, so I've just finished school. And uh, I believe you're about to get cracking with your schooling with your mum this morning, aren't you? Yes.
0: Yeah, I've just finished. I'm a museum educator. So I've been taking care of lots of classes today who've been to the museum where I work. So we're we're all we're all in education of some
2: sort, aren't we? Yes. Vivian, it was fabulous to meet you at um Star Wars celebration. First of all, I'm assuming you had a good time. Yes. It was awesome. So what was your highlight? What were the best bits of celebration for you?
1: Well, I really liked seeing everyone again for the Obi-Wan Kenobi panel. It was really awesome. It was a little reunion for us, and I hadn't seen them since last celebration at the premiere. Well, I think I'd done like a few things with Indira, like convention-wise, but this is the first time I've been with all of them together again, and it was really awesome.
2: It was a great panel. It was lovely to see everybody together. I'll be honest, it looked like you had been seeing each other all the time. You all just slotted back in into place again. I liked you and Ewan giggling about certain things. What was the funniest thing remembering about Obi Wan on the panel? What did you like the best?
1: Hmm. Well, I feel like there were lots of onset funny stories that, like Ewan's joke, where he said, whenever it gets too overwhelming, always remember that it's men in bathrobes playing with glow sticks. And like, there would always be little jokes between us like that, but it was just so nice to see him again and be able to have that dynamic again.
2: When you were on the panel and obviously the last time people in celebration saw you, you were just in the big reveal. And then this time it was like, you're here. It was like, oh my goodness, because nobody had a clue. I remember Johanna and I when we yeah. were talking about Obi yeah. Wan. We were guessing it was going to be about a
0: grumpy old yeah. man. No one really expected to see Princess Leia. And since none of us were at Celebration in Anaheim, it was like seeing it on the screen. It was like, wow, it's Princess Leia. And it was wonderful. And obviously, because we are Planet Leia, we are
2: huge Leia fans. So how was the reaction being back in Celebration and everybody knowing who you were, you know, your part to play in Obi-Wan? How did you feel about all that?
1: Well, I mean, it was so amazing because there was no lingering nervousness, you know, anymore that they weren't going to like me, you know. Because at first Celebration, you know, it was the first time anyone was seeing it all so, um, I was really nervous. You know, they weren't going to like me. They were going to like the way the story went. But this time around, getting to really meet all the fans and do all the photos and signing, and um, getting to do the panels and have everybody cheer at the scenes that I spent days filming—it's
2: really just incredible. So, when you met the fans, I know from experience being, you know, going getting autographs and things like that. What was either the most strange or the nicest thing that people brought to you when you were giving out your autograph?
1: Well, what was really interesting was that celebration. I get a lot of like, craft makers that come up Mm -hmm. and they actually make me things that like they handmade. And I think the one that I was most like, wow, was a woman made me like a hoodie that was (sighs) specially designed for me. it had like Lola on the pocket and it says the sass is strong with this one on the back. And I mean, I wear it everywhere now. It's my favorite coat and it's exactly my size. And I was just like, wow.
2: Thank Whoa! You. That is awesome. That is... somebody
1: also heard that I liked hippos, so they brought me these little discontinued McDonald's Star Wars hippos figure. The hippos oh. are like our fam- family spirit animal, and I was just like, "Oh my goodness!" And I looked it up, and like they haven't been around for like ten years or something, and I was just like, "Thank you." I remember
0: actually. I remember seeing those hippo Star Wars hippos. Uh, people doing them as cosplays. In, when I was in German, and yes, that was like 10 years ago, I saw the Star Wars Hippo characters. Hi, this is Julie Dolan, the voice of Princess Leia, and you're listening to Fanthatrax. It's your only hope. Since I'm a costumer and a cosplayer, and I've been, I mean, I started with Star Wars Cosplay more than 20 years ago, so of course, I'm very curious, what was your favorite costume when you were as Leia? That's difficult. I mean, I have a
1: lot of cool ones on mm-hmm. set. I really liked the final outfit when she's in the white and she has the holster and she has her hair up and like the kind of two buns that are wrapped around and it kind of evolves into the side cinnamon buns kind of thing. And it was just really so, yeah, and that was her and that was who I was playing. And it was so clear at that moment. And it was towards the end of the shoot as well. Like it timed out really well because they don't film scenes in order. So you're kind of like filming the end scene and then you film the beginning scene and you're like, okay. But um, like the day before rap we, sh- we shot the one where Ewan was saying goodbye. And it was really meaningful because we were going to say goodbye like a day later because I was done, you know, a day later. So it was really cool how it timed out. It was finally the moment when I really felt like I
0: was Leia. And it was just so incredible. I, I mean, that's I- the magical costumes, isn't it? Like all of a sudden you're a totally different yeah. person. Another thing when, like, as a cosplayer, we have a saying that nice and good-looking and spectacular isn't comfortable. Were your costumes comfortable to wear or were they a bit cumbersome?
1: Um, Mostly, they were actually pretty great.
0: All my costumes
1: had to be handmade because they couldn't do anything that looked store-bought because it's space, you know. So um, when I did my first fitting, it was, like, four hours of them measuring, like, every inch. Like, they measured, like, here and, like, here and, like, here. Every single part of me they measured so that they could make these amazing costumes. And so since the fabrics were all, like... They let me choose what kind of fabrics I like. It, it was pretty comfortable. There were the tights in that end scene. I'm just not a fan of tights, but Who honestly, I is a they're... fan of
2: tights, to be honest. I mean, why? Why, 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 why should anyone that's, ever that's wear tights?
1: That's what they, I'm saying if they I'm, are the, but... the
2: devil to wear. I am fully with you. My daughter, who's 14, would also agree with you. Even when it gets to minus eight here, she still goes to school in her skirt and her little tiny socks. She hates wearing tights. So I we, we're with you. Yeah. We're with you.
1: I was mostly the costumes were really awesome, though. It was really cool because I didn't have to deal with like finding a place for the lav mic all the time. Mm-hmm. Because there was this little pocket that the costumer had sewed inside the inside of that big green coat I was wearing. So they just put the mic pack in there and then clipped down so
0: I didn't have to deal with like a waistband or anything. It was really awesome. With your hair, how long did it take you to get ready before it was time to shoot? Um, the first
1: times it was sometimes more than an hour. But mm-hmm. once the hair people actually had done it m- multiple times it became more of a 30 minute thing. It actually wasn't too bad. They just put my hair in like two braids and then they added two fake braids. So it was like, it was kind of funny. It was like two braids coming down and then they added this little pin cushion thing right here that wrapped around the braids. And then they brought it all up and they wrapped it around into the bun and then they pinned it and they actually sewed it. They had like needle and thread that they sewed it into place. And then I just went and I filmed. And then at the end of the day, I pulled all the pins out. They cut sew so out and then took all of it. It was kind of funny, though, because afterwards, my hair was just like poof. <laughs> um,
2: it was really funny. Lots of conditioner on it that night. And I suppose you can go home yeah. wearing it because people would have guessed what you'd been doing. Yeah. And
1: and plus, I would be happy to get out of it because sometimes the pins would poke me and stuff.
2: So Yeah. And you said that you got to choose the materials and things. Did you have any other sort of input with costumes or had that already been designed ready?
1: Yeah, I mean, like, I always tend to have a lot of opinions on everything that happens on set. And uh, the costumer, Jen, she was really awesome, really accommodating. She made the mic thing work and it was really um, easy to kind of say, hey, I think this would be more efficient if you put the tape on this button or something. And then, yeah, it would work or it wouldn't work. And I'd be like, okay. You know? And it happened a lot with like scenes too. I'd be like, what if we tried this at the end of the scene? And Deb could be like, oh, huh, interesting. Okay, let's try one with it, one with and one without. And then she would be like, either. Um, We would both be like, I don't know, it might not work. Or, yeah, that's really great. We should put that in. And we would kind of move on. I remember one of my very favorite moments was on set when Ewan is swimming over to the Fortress Inquisitorious to find mm-hmm. me. There are these little imperial fish that are all in the ocean. And when the water comes in and drowns the stormtroopers after we escape, I was like, why aren't there any fish in that water? There are tons of fish out in the water outside. So Deb was like, interesting. So if you watch it now, you can see little fins of Imperial (laughs) fishies floating by. And um, whenever I see it, I know that that was my
2: idea to put the Imperial fishies. I love it. Actually, uh, for my uh, May the 4th celebrations, that's what I did. I sat and watched Obi-Wan from start to finish. I had a a day off work and I started it. In the morning and watched it all the way through. But now that I know that, I'm definitely going to make sure that I I watch to make sure I see the fish. I mean, I am so jealous. I'm going to say now I'm very old. And when I saw Star Wars for the first time, I was six years old. So my person that I loved was Princess Leia. And I remember trying to dress up. I wore a bed sheet over me. I tried to put my hair up and the buns and whatever. So you got to live my dream.
1: For everything in one location, daily news, reviews, interviews, podcasts, video and social media feeds, bookmark Fanthatracks.com for Star Wars News 24-7, 365.
2: Yeah! With filming, because I know some of it, I'm assuming, was green screen or you had to sort of oh. imagine... Actually, that's that's really interesting that you say that because it actually
1: wasn't. On projects like We Can Be Heroes, I always had to act kind of the green screen and like mm-hmm. the alien tentacles would be like pool noodles, green pool noodles. So like it was it was harder. But on Star Wars, they really want to make sure that you're in the moment as possible, you know? And so they had this thing called the volume. It's like that scene when I'm looking out on the balcony at Alderon, like, we could all see that there. And, like, they touched it up later, so it looked a little bit less pixelated, but I could fully see what I was looking at. And I they ships that were actually moving. Really great. The whole thing took, like, a total of eight months, I think, including the audition process.
2: Then it would be, like, a year and eight months. So if you're talking to young people like yourself who want to be actors, what qualities, then, do you think, an actor needs
1: I don't know I mean people ask me this a lot like what can I do to become an actor especially in Star Wars I just kind of fell backwards into it mm. um I mean like I did one a one little cameo as a favor for a friend if you guys ever want to see me in my very first project it was this big it was a Band-Aid with Zoe Lister Jones. I just had a second where I counted them in on the on the little drums. It was really fun. And it was just a quick one-time thing. And my mom thought that was it. But I was like, I want to do this again. I want to do this again. This was so fun. And mom was like, ah. and then finally she took me to an acting class and the acting teacher was like, you need to get her an agent. And then uh, I did Waco Bird Box and then it just kind of built no, up bit, um... until until this was a very long, very long audition mm-hmm. process. And then it just kind of happened. Honestly, like I don't, I don't know what kind of advice i give actors who want to be in like Star Wars things. Because for me, it just kind of happened. And with Star Wars, you never really know because mm-hmm. they always list things untitled project or super duper secret code names, dummy sides, all this. So you can never really be sure what you're doing. So honestly, it's difficult to to even know what it is so I think if you're right for a part you're right for a part
2: so I teach primary school we call it in England which I think is elementary school is it in America uh, yes so I believe up, so. up to 11 years old yes. I look at you I see somebody who's very patient it must be if it if like for one minute one minute of shot it takes like a week I see somebody very determined very confident and I look at some of the children and and young people in, in my classes and in my school and I would sort of say to them you know take a look this is what you need to do just be determined just be patient be calm know what you want to do you seem to know like you said once you did that little cameo you knew what you wanted to do Yeah, you know,
1: it with acting, it's really if you know, you know, and that's, and that's kind of it. And maybe some people, it'll be less strong of a pull than it was to me. But I think like you were saying, confidence is definitely a very important part of it. Because if you don't have the confidence to walk into an audition room and say, I think I'm the one you're looking for, then you're not going to be able to get anything. And that confidence has to be something that you can have. Because for me, people wanted me because I was able to like, I was confident enough that I could be around adults without being like freezing up, you know, and I had that that I think got me most of the roles that I've had today, because people expect me to be nervous about everything, you know, but I'm really not. I'm just excited to be doing what I love doing. And I think if you really love what you're doing, then it's going to come off on camera and people are going to know that you want to be there. And that's what gets jobs.
2: When you were in celebration, did you meet many young people when you were there and have a chat to them? Sometimes.
1: I mean, at the autograph table, it tends to be like adult collectors. But every once in a while, I'll see a kid around my age and it's so sweet. I just love seeing them and hanging out with them. And so amazing to know that people my age are inspired by me. It's something I would never
2: think, you know, but incredible. In your spare time, if you ever have spare time, you you seem to have a very busy household with your pets and your animals. Is that a lot of your time spent looking after them?
1: Yeah. Um, I also like to read. I do music lessons. I'm a black belt in Taekwondo. I, of course, love acting. I um, I like art. I'm not really a good like, painter or drawer, but I do like to sculpt sometimes. And I have lots of different things that I like to do in my spare time, and, but I think acting is definitely my favorite of all of them.
2: Hello, I'm Ahmed Best, and you're listening to Tracks.
0: You have a new film coming out very soon, isn't it so? Yes. Can you tell us a bit about that film?
1: Well, I think the main theme of The Boogeyman, it's definitely a horror story, is about not being able to let go of your grief and how it comes back to haunt you, uh, literally, whether it's in the form of a terrifying entity or just the fact that it tears you down at some point emotionally. And I think it's about this family who's struggling with grief and not being able to let go of it. And so this monster that feeds off of grief comes into their house and they have to fight it off. And you play the younger
0: daughter, I is that the right? the
1: youngest, youngest daughter, yeah. There's Sophie, who plays the oldest daughter, me, who plays the youngest daughter, her sister, and then Chris, Chris Messina, who plays our dad.
2: I am in awe of you doing a horror movie. I can't even contemplate I mean my friends all laugh at me you know anything zombie anything horror I can't even look at it I'm just oh me just too right I spent I spent the entire time of the cast and crew screening out of the theater I saw like the beginning and the end that was it so so then how did you overcome your fear then when you were actually you know or when you were You know, filming, or or did it not feel scary? But when you were in it, no, it it
1: was it wasn't scary when I was filming. They did have this one thing, which was this VFX boogeyman head that they put on a stick and would wave around inside the scene. And they actually gave it to me as a wrap gift, so now oh my god, (laughs) it's right there wearing a bucket hat. It's very terrifying, but I would be like, can I have the tennis ball back, please? I want the tennis ball. Can I please have the tennis ball? <laughs> but it was it was fun, and the guy who did the mocap cap stuff for the boogeyman, Michael, he was super kind, and um, he would always try and make things a little more lighthearted on set. I like to joke that the scarier the movie is, the nicer the people are to you on set because they know they're being scary in the movie. And so, yeah, everyone was just so nice. It wasn't really scary at all on set. It was just fun. And there's a lot of fun things, um, a lot of little jokes in the movie and stuff when it's not
2: scary. so Yeah, I mean, uh, The Boogeyman is written by Stephen King, one of the, the, the most prolific horror writers ever. So yeah. it's a great story, I believe. I'm not going to lie. I might, when it comes on on streaming, I might watch it.
0: I might watch it behind
2: my... My yeah, that's, that's a good idea. I'm not going to dare
0: to watch it. I'm. I would love to see you there, but maybe I will may see some of the stills or some of the scenes. But I there, can't watch. There are some film. very funny moments. My daughter's already
2: said to me that she's going to watch it, and I'm going to watch it with her. So I've said, okay, I, I, I will do that. And then, if you've got anything else coming up in the future once Boogeyman's released, I think it's released here on the second of June. Yes, here too. And after that. Um, my birthday is actually two days after June 4th. Oh.
1: Fatal Attraction is streaming right now. It's The last episode airs on my birthday. And um, so I'm in that as young Ellen. And, we'll have to watch that. Um, there are a few things coming up. I just finished filming a movie called Good Rich, which probably won't be out for a while because editing, you know, <laughs> takes like a yeah. year. But yeah, I've, I've hopefully got
2: some sequels in the making as well we can only hope listen we have our fingers crossed for a certain sequel of a certain tv program let's put our fingers together and let's pray that the force is strong with us because Mm -hmm. that is what we want that is definitely what we want and i know that you and was trying to get things doing. He said he did. Yeah,
1: Ewan constantly on set was like, I'd love to do some more sometime. He's constantly
2: hinting. He just seems to just love Star Wars and love throwing that lightsaber around. He just seems to have so much fun with it.
1: Yeah, and I do too. I'm honestly thinking though, it's made pretty clear that he doesn't see Leia again until... He saves her in the Imperial Fortress and she sends him the note um and a new hope. And so I was saying like I don't know how I would fit into a season two if I were to do it. So maybe I could have like a cameo as a teenager or something. But what we were thinking is maybe my own show is something that could happen. So Well,
0: well, you see, I I definitely think a Princess Leia show showing her growing up, getting into the Senate. We would watch yep. every minute, and we would
2: love based, it. it on all the Claudia Gray books, Vivian. You've got loads of loads and loads of stuff there from the Claudia Gray books. Let's start right. We're starting a campaign right here, yes. right now in yes. Los Princess, Angeles, the Princess Leia Sweden, Show, the Leia Avengers. and and England. We are campaigning for all those things to come through yes. to to do it all. Yeah, right. We're we're going yes. to do that. Vivian, I know we've got to let you get on now with your schooling and get on with all the bits and pieces that you can do. Thank you very much for this special rebel briefing. On behalf of Planet Leia and Johanna and myself, we'd like to say thank you very much for listening. If you want to be a part
0: of the action and stay updated on all the latest sales news, visit phantatracks.com or check out the free Phantatracks app through the App Store to follow us on your mobile device. You can reach out to us and send in your listeners' questions by emailing radio at pantatracks.com. Comment, like, and share on any of our social media feeds at Pantatracks. And be sure to subscribe, leave a review, preferably a five-star one, on Amazon Music, Audible, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your podcatcher or smart speaker of choice. And as always, thanks to James Sample for composing the phanta intro and our planet leia opening music and to mark daniel and vanessa marshall for our voiceover remember to tune in to good morning tatooine live sunday evening at 9 p.m uk 4 p.m eastern and 1 p.m pacific on facebook and youtube Check out Phantom Tracks Radio on Fridays at 7pm UK for new episodes of The Phantom from Down Under, Planet Leia, Desert Planet Disc, Start Your Endings and Canon Quadern every Tuesday at 7pm UK time for your weekly episode of Making Tracks.
2: Night when we finish our show we have a little bit of a catchphrase and we would love you to join in with us we got everybody on our podcast stage we had a full house we had nearly 200 people in the in the room with us on the podcast stage and we all got them to say our little catchphrase which is we love you you know do you think you can do that for us we love you we know Coming up next on Fanta Tracks Radio, it's Making Tracks.